Welcome to the Red and Ed Show. My name is Jay Edgar, and I'm joined to my left, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Elaine. Elaine, how was your week today? It was pretty good. How was yours? Apparently, it must have been pretty good uh, on your end here. Mine was uh, awesome. I uh, found out that I have a meeting with a real estate recruiter coming up here, but it uh, looks like you uh, got yourself extra gussied up for this show this week. I did. I thought I better make start making an effort. <laughs> Well, that is awesome here. We have got a ton to get to, though, today here, definitely. And it uh, looks like you've got yourself a little bit of weather coming in on your end, too. I do, yeah. I know it was, you said the dogs were out hiding? Yeah, one of them it does not like thunder and lightning. So anytime, even like, I think last week somebody moved in upstairs, even like all of that noise she thought was weather. So she just like hides in the bathroom. It's very funny. Very kind of sad. It is crazy. For those of you who don't know out in the audience here, Elaine is back in South Carolina yet once again for another trip. Coming to get your car this time or you're just, you're leaving that down there this time, right? Yeah, it's staying down here. It's it's really nice to have it down here because I don't have to drive the eight hours every time I come back. I can just fly. Yeah, well, flying through is what this week did, especially on the news as well. Uh, this seemed to be, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but this was like the week of deflections. I, did you see any of that? Like two, kind ma of. two major news stories hit this week and nobody said buttfuck anything about them anywhere on the news this week. The Maxwell documents got unsealed and the economy shrank by 37% and nobody said a word about those, but we had plenty of other things that cover them up as well. So we'll go over uh, those things as well uh, this week. Plus, we have uh, Barr faced down the Judiciary Committee, so we'll talk a bit about that and listen to Representative Jayapal and what she had to say to William Barr as well. Uh, as well, the members of the major tech companies decided that they had to come and sit in front of the House as well, but they uh, got to zoom in for this one, so we'll talk a bit about what happened there. Uh, Trump says he might postpone the election, or at least he might think about it there. So we'll talk about there, including something that I did some reading on and found out that he actually possibly can. I didn't realize this coming into this. So it actually may be a possible out of this. Uh, the first debate is canceled at its original uh, venue, but another one has popped up. So we'll talk a bit about that. Herman Cain passed away and John Lewis had his funeral a tale of two different dead people and a tale of two different reactions to it. So we'll talk a bit about that. My state has mandated masks, but nobody in my county gives a fuck about it. So we'll talk a bit about what happened there, including an interesting thing that happened to me yesterday. So we'll go a bit into that. 
we have a very funny op-ed that came out of Bloomberg. That's not the op-ed that I promised you we were going to go over, but this one was actually worse. So we'll talk a bit about what they had to say over in Bloomberg. And we'll close it out today with gold prices being up and nobody knowing why. And a little bit of surprise stupidity. You're going to love this one. It's, it's not as rage-inducing as the ones I normally subject you to, but it's definitely stupid. It is going to be all of this and more. We are streaming live right now to YouTube, DLive, Twitch, Facebook, and Periscope. If you're over on Facebook, hit one of the links above you and get into the YouTube, the DLive, or the Twitch, because that way we can interact with you up in the chat, and we will take your questions in between topics. But if you can't catch us live, you can also catch us back on demand over on YouTube and over on BitChute.com. Or, if you prefer to uh, take us on the go, you can catch us on audio platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and... This week we have added Spotify. So you can go and check out the Rednet Show on Spotify as well. Hey, remember, if you're over on iTunes, leave us that five-star rating and a good review. That always helps us move up the charts. And before we get started, head on over to freedomscoop.com. Freedomscoop.com is going to be your one-stop shop for all of your news and commentary needs. We have our show, my other show. We also have The Generational Gap, The Breakdown with Birkenhoff, The R-Rated Conservative, The Freckles and Brit Show, and Steven Ignoramus over there. So come on over there, check us out. We've got a swag shack over there as well, so come pick up some t-shirts, some coffee mugs, and various other things as well, and help us support some great creators. And that's going to be that there. You got anything to, else to add on to here before we get into the news? No, I don't think so. That's good, because yeah. we've got a bunch to get to. Let's see if uh, anybody's in the live chat here yet before we get into this here. I already said hello to Saint. We've got a wild Saint. He's with Bubba. He's with us. I wonder where he's driving this Very week. Very quiet. They'll pick up. At least the kids outside will pick up. <laughs> the neighbor kids have been out there screaming for an hour. At least they're running off some energy. And the sun's coming out so they can get out and do that. Yeah, I mean, they have been inside for like, what, four months? So I kind of can't blame them. I kind of want to go outside and scream for an hour. <laughs> well, there will be some <laughs> time for that definitely here. Probably after the election. No matter what happens, that'll probably be my reaction. I'll just go outside and scream for an hour. Yeah. It ought to be a good one here. So before we get into some of the news of this week, I just kind of want to take a second and touch on something that we glossed over last week because it was just breaking, and then as uh, the week turned on, it turned out to be a pretty clear-cut instance of self-defense that came out of this here, and I think that's a big part of the reason that the news looked over it and went on to various other things here. And I'm talking, of course, about the uh, Austin shooting that happened last week. So for those of you who don't remember, Garrett Foster was open carrying with an AK-47 while pushing around his quadriplegic black girlfriend through this. He walked up to a car that was attempting to pass through. There were some things that happened that various news stories glossed over there. And then several shots could be heard ringing out from two very distinctive guns. Well, it does turn out that Daniel Perry, the shooter, turned out to be proven as shooting in self-defense. Did you see, well, did you see anything at all about this this week? I saw lots of things. <laughs> They buried this one pretty quickly. I was I actually almost forgot that this was in the news until last it's, night. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of another one of those. It it turned into one of those things where everyone was like, "Okay, but really, what's going on at Fort Hood?" Because <laughs> like, all these people are insane. 
soldiers go missing all the time. This guy's a soldier. He's absolutely certifiably got mental issues for sure. He's mm -hmm. posted about them online extensively. Um, and he's still, I think, active duty, which I don't get. Um, I don't understand how you could be that mentally ill and still active duty like that. That should not happen. There should be safeguards um, there. Also, it turns out he has a furry blog. Oh. <laughs> oh, do you didn't know that one? That one I didn't know. <laughs> I, I knew about his uh, active duty and his mental. I did not know about the furry blog. Yeah, there's a furry blog. <laughs> so uh, safe to say this guy has some issues. And I think also he, um, there were videos or there was photos of him. He had shown up at the candlelight vigil for Foster and was like antagonizing people that were there. Um, as I don't know that that has been corroborated in any way, but there were photos floating around that supposedly that had happened. So we'll probably have to wait and see, but you got to have some brass balls if you're going to like leave the police station after shooting someone and decide you're going to go to the candlelit vigil for that person and antagonize their family members and their friends. That is not the indication of someone who is sane. That's what I'm saying. No, definitely not. And there are probably going to be some moving parts as when I was looking for something to put into the itinerary for this, this week, I noticed that there's still stuff that's showing up just today. There's still moving parts on this. So Mm -hmm. I thought for sure that once we determined that this was absolutely 100% self-defense, this was going to fall out, but yeah. I don't think it has been determined that it was self-defense. You don't? I don't think so. I mean, did this, did the police put out a statement that that's what they determined it was? They did. Oh, okay. Earlier on in the week. I missed yeah. that part. Yeah, it was uh, probably three days ago they confirmed that, yes, it was going to be self-defense. Because clearly the other guy shot, Garrett Foster shot first. You heard it in the video. Garrett? No, they confirmed that his weapon was never fired. Did they? Yeah. Hmm. His magazine was full and the safety was on. He also fell onto his weapon, which you only do if you're leaning forward. And if you're a military service member, they teach you never to lean forward when you're about to fire. So he was not in any kind of firing stance at all. Um, and Perry's window was down. So there are a lot of people that think that he leaned forward to talk to him because the window was down and he got shot in the process and then he fell forward onto his gun. So safety was still on, mag was full or the whatever. Um, and then, and he landed on top of the gun. So they determined that he never fired it at all. Well, I'm going to have to look back into this one a little bit deeper then because I want to know who shot first. Because the there driver. was there was a different gun that was fired before the handgun. The gun driver fired, and then someone else in the crowd that was carrying also fired in towards the car, but Garrett never fired, hmm. and they confirmed that within forty eight hours of this happening. I probably shouldn't gloss over something when uh, the mainstream media tries to hide it. Then, <laughs> Reason Magazine did a good article on it. Theirs was uh, pretty well balanced. I will definitely look into that one there. But we're going to move off of this one because there are still some moving parts on this one here to one of the big ones here that the news definitely glossed over on top of all of this here. So tell me a little bit about what happened with uh, Ghislaine Maxwell this week. So 
they unsealed the documents, which is shocking in and of itself, um, because I think that there were people that thought that they would never actually unseal these documents because no judge would risk their life or their career to order it done and then actually do it. Um, but they did. And there have been several reports of how long these are. Some say it's like 300 pages. Some say it's like 2000 pages. Um, I actually looked up a list of all of the high profile names that were named in these documents. And I'm just gonna name off some of the most well-known ones, but there's probably, probably at least 40 names in here. Before, so you, uh, before you get into that here, I did have one little meme I wanted to show you. I actually worked on putting it up on the screen here. So we got your okay. monitor up. We'll uh, share this one here with the audience. I found this like right before we went live. It says, uh, we've renamed the Edmonton Eskimos. We've renamed Aunt Jemima Syrup. I think it's about time we renamed the Virgin Islands, and it shows where Epstein's Island actually was in relation to the U.S. Virgin Islands there. So for those of you listening back on the audio platforms, <laughs> that's what we're seeing up here. I thought you would enjoy that. Like that's I said, funny. it was like five minutes before I started the Zoom call, I found this. That's hilarious. All right. Um... So I'm going to read some of these names. All right. Prince Andrew is at the top of the list, which I don't think anybody's very surprised by that because the photo of him and the girl, Virginia Guffrey, is kind of what kicked off a lot of this. And she is obviously, he's also part of this lawsuit that she has brought um, because she says that she was pressured to have sex with him. Alan Dershowitz is another one. Um, Bill Clinton is obviously one. We all knew that. Mm -hmm. And Naomi Campbell and Stephen Hawking, Jim Carrey, John Legend, Chrissy Teigen, Oprah, Ellen DeGeneres. There are so many people named in here. I think Tom Hanks is even named in here. And we were talking about this before we came on air. And I, given what he did for a living, you have to make your money somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. I can't see that every single one of these people is guilty of pedophilia or anything like that. I think maybe the majority of them probably engaged in sex acts of some kind on this right. island, whether or not they were with someone who was underage or a child or not, um, that remains to be seen. But when you have a job like that, like he had and a position that he had, you hang out with those people anyway. So just in the course of doing business. So I just, I just can't see that every single one of them is guilty of doing the things that he did. Um, but I also think that there, there are a lot of unanswered questions that definitely need to be answered. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is intense what we're seeing out of this. Definitely. Because mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that are implicated in this that we would, I mean, did Ellen DeGeneres, that one was the one that blew my mind as soon as you said that, because I knew that she had other things going on this week, but I didn't realize that she was implicated in this as well. I don't know that these people are implicated in anything. I think that their presence is enough to warrant questions being asked, mm -hmm. but I don't think that there's any implication that all of them are guilty of anything. Well, and you mentioned Bill Clinton here. The Daily Wire actually had a little piece that went along with this as well because... Did you a, see his publicist's tweet? I missed that, no. 
Okay, his publicist tweeted that Bill Clinton was never on the Lolita Express. And I tweeted, I retweeted it, and I was like, right. <laughs> <laughs> Insert gif of Dr. Evil here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Ryan Saavedra of The Daily Wire writes, Clinton was with Epstein on private island at the same time as, quote, two young girls. Witness claims in an unsealed court doc. Court documents from the lawsuit involving deceased accused child sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein were unsealed on Thursday night, despite objections from Ghislaine Maxwell, a British socialite who was recently arrested by federal authorities allegedly engaging in sex trafficking. Uh, the transcript uh, from this was pretty intense. Uh, JS, which I don't know who JS was off of this. I'd have to go back and I didn't read the uh, transcript on my morning show but i did read most of the rest of this article mm -hmm. but the transcript from this reads here when you say you asked him why is bill clinton here where was here and virginia jufri who is v on the transcript says on the island uh js when you were present with epstein and bill clinton on the island who else was there uh v says Ghislaine, emmy there were two or there was two young girls i could identify i never really knew them well anyways it was just two girls from new york J.S. says, and were all of you staying at Jeffrey's house on the island, including Bill Clinton? Uh, v says, that's correct. He had about four or five different villas on the island, separate from the main house, and we all stayed in the villas. Uh, J.S. says, were sexual orgies a uh, regular occurrence on the island at Jeffrey's house? And V says, yes. And the article goes on to there. I mean, it's Bill. You knew that something was coming out of this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think... The question that we have to ask now at this point is the same question that a lot of people are asking, which is, how do we stop this from happening again? Mm -hmm. Because it's going to continue. Like, these people are just not going to just stop doing this. And even if they stopped doing it, there would be someone else that would try to do it, too. This was in the 90s. Bill Clinton was president. Mm -hmm. He can't go to an island off the mainland without taking Secret Service with him. That's correct. Every member of his Secret Service team knew where they were going and knew what went on. They're not allowed to let him out of their sight. So someone was standing outside his door while all of this was going on. Mm -hmm. There's no way that they didn't know about that. From my extensive reading and research from uh, Tom Clancy and research that I had from going around reading all these books, there's something else you need to keep in mind about uh, Bill Clinton going there while he was president as well. Every aircraft that the president is on, no matter if it is the official Air Force One or any other aircraft that he's on, is officially mm -hmm. designated as Air Force One. Or and, Marine One. Uh, or Marine One. And must uh, submit to the security checks that go along with being Air Force One. Mm -hmm. They adopt so... Somebody else in the government knew what was going on as well, to at least some extent. Absolutely. And Ghislaine transported him on her helicopter. So that would have made that Marine one. Mm -hmm. And we do know from Virginia's testimony uh, and from another girl that I think is considering bringing a lawsuit, she has she's petitioning the FBI to give her photos that they have of her that they confiscated from Jeffrey Epstein's house. Mm -hmm. They've seen those photos before. She claims that the FBI has had those photos since 2011. Yeah. It's 2020. This is nine years later. 
Oh, I know. And there was another article that I read for the morning show as well that was saying that I know the estate of Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell's legal team are attempting very hard to make sure that these photos don't get circulated around, Mm -hmm. which opens up an entirely different can of worms as you're going along with things because... From what we know of what was going on with the island, if there are photos out there of this, what, is, what does that make that if you throw uh, photos of underage people around? That's a felony in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Distribution of child porn. So yeah, this, absolutely. This is just a mess, and the mainstream media said but fuck nothing about this all week. I had somebody come into my live chat this morning, today, and ask if the... Ghislaine Maxwell documents were going to be unsealed today. And I didn't catch it till after the show because I don't read the live chat live like I do on this show, but all I could think about is, no, they were released last Thursday. Nobody said a word about it. Yeah, there was a few articles about it. That list that I just read off came from Newsweek. Mm-hmm. So there was some stuff, but it didn't. it got buried really quickly. No one wants to admit this. Like, there are people on this list that own media companies. They don't want that getting out. Yeah, no, they absolutely... Oops, I have an autoplay going here. You've begun the process to issue that subpoena. I don't want to listen to Jerry Nadler right now. (laughs) I don't want to listen to Jerry Nadler ever, but definitely not right now. So, what what comes out of this? Do we see any justice for this at all? I know that uh, a lot of people were around uh, Twitter earlier today and yesterday pointing out the fact that Hillary didn't tweet at all for the last three days, and now she's coming out trying to point the finger back at Trump. (laughs) She cracks me up. How delusional (laughs) do you have to be? Did you see that Hulu, I just saw this again today, that Hulu is making a show called Rodham that shows the alternate timeline if she would have won? I just saw it today. Whatever. But go back to uh, back to my original question. I mean, do you think any of these people? Do you see? Does anybody hang for this? I mean, they already killed Jeffrey Epstein, and he didn't like, hang for that. Pretty clearly, that's like. I mean, everybody makes a joke about it, but that was a hit. We all know it. But what can we do about it? Nothing. I see no one doing anything about it. And to be fair, I mean, he got what he deserved. Mm-hmm. So nobody's really losing sleep over it. But at the same time, there were probably people involved. We know that there were people involved that are more powerful than a Clinton. I mean, a member of the British royal family. That's a big deal. Yeah. This is the biggest this is the biggest scandal that has hit the British royal family since the abdication of King Edward. And then his and then the subsequent claims that he was um a Nazi sympathizer after the war because he did visit to Germany king and I think afterwards as well. I'd have to look that up to be sure. But this is the biggest scandal since then. That was the mid late fifties when that all came out, there were documents and everything. Um, I think the queen is probably pissed. Um, of course she'll never show it cause she's the queen and right. you know, she's amazing. But <laughs> do you get the meme that I sent you, uh, right before we went live? I think so. 
About the queen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the chessboard. I didn't get a chance to load that one up into there, but I found a meme of uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth standing on a tile floor. And uh, what did it say? You have it up in front of you. I have monitors on my phone, so. It says, be aware, she can move in any direction. <laughs> She's standing on a little black tile square. So that's right now all that I have on the Maxwell story, unless you have anything else off of this here. No, I think I, we're just going to have to see what happens. It's going to get crazier. It's, it's either going to get crazier or it's going to completely disappear. Uh, the way that the mainstream media has been going this past year, I, I feel like it's going to be the latter, not the former. It's just going to Do you think it's going to turn into one of those like Mandala effect things? Well, I don't know about this. Um, I'm actually going to shout out an Instagram profile, which I don't usually do. But uh, there's, a, there's a girl I follow on Instagram. She's a, a model. But she has gone right down into the pedophilia rabbit hole lately. And it's just all over the place, everywhere. So, And that's not the only person I've seen like this here. Mainstream leftist, hard leftist profiles are starting to bring this up. People are talking about this. Even if the mainstream media doesn't want to, people in general are talking about this. And the internet and social media is going to change the way that conversation goes. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to censor that. They might because they're censoring all other uh, sorts of things. I saw one that got censored for uh, claiming that something that happened with the African family and pedophilia got uh, uh, was debunked. And when I opened up the image, it had nothing to do with Africa at all. What was the Africa thing? I don't think, I think I missed an Africa I will, tie. I will look and see if I can find it again off mic. Um, it was somebody else that I follow. And yeah, the post had absolutely nothing to do with Africa. But that was what the fact checker had said out there. We hit this photo for misinformation because the African family had a link to pedophilia and it was debunked. And you know, there was hmm. nothing, nothing in the post about it. Interesting. So yeah, they are starting to censor some of this stuff. Like I said... There are media tycoons named in this list. They are not going to let this get out. So did you uh, actually get a chance to torment yourself and watch the bar hearing? No. I, I no. <laughs> I came into it. It's and... all political theater. That's it. Like, people don't understand that. Like, it's literally a show. Mm -hmm. That's what that is. It's a show. And that's it. And Justin Amash was on his soapbox today about it. And I will look up the tweets right now because they were good. And you can talk about it while I look them up. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, read a little bit from this Fox News article that went along with this. But yeah, I, I came into it an hour late. And just the last uh, five hours of it that I listened to were just complete trash off of this. But Gregory over at Fox News writes, Bar to come out swinging on violent crime, Russia probe in the first Judiciary Committee appearance. So this was pre-appearance. In his first ever appearance before the House Judiciary Committee on Tuesday, Attorney General Bill Barr will condemn the grave abuses in the bogus Russiagate scandal while also highlighting black-on-black black violence and defending law enforcement officers in no uncertain terms, according to a transcript of his prepared remarks obtained by Fox News on Monday night. Which, for those of us who did get to sit down and watch this here, that's not what happened. They just kind of talked over him for five hours. Unless Jim Jordan came out and started cussing and screaming at everybody. So what does uh, Mr. Amash have to say off of all this? I'm quite interested. 
He said they should they really should award Oscars to members of Congress, White House officials and candidates. <laughs> Emmys are probably more fitting, to be honest. Those are seasonal recurring performances. <laughs> I love Sassy Justin. He's my favorite. <laughs> well, I mean, I do continue calling it Federal Apprentice because that's what it is. Federal, federal apprentice it's true though he also said a few party leaders control most of the political needs of the members of congress funding bill introductions chairmanships committee assignments and thereby control most of the votes we haven't been allowed to freely offer amendments to any legislation since may of 2016 the federal government is a lot worse on the inside than it seems to people at home whatever you think about it multiply that badness by at least 10 each side insists the other side is the real impediment, and people fall for it. Don't both sides this is an effective propaganda slogan that furthers dysfunction and corruption. The status quo is built on the myth that our governance problems are party-specific, not systemic. There will be no fixing Washington from within. It will keep getting worse until the whole system crashes or the public recognizes what's really going on and forces change from the outside. On Capitol Hill, a lot of conversations feel like interactions with a poorly designed AI. Yeah, That's I could burn. see that. <laughs> That's a burn. It is. When they tell you when they tell you a bill does X, it almost certainly doesn't. And they almost certainly didn't read the bill, nor did their staff, but they'll get away with it because you want to believe it. And because you heard the same thing from the media who also didn't read the bill. So yeah, he was on a roll today. I was very proud. I think we got trolled over in the uh, live chat here. What? Because I've got an error code that the stream has ended due to violations on YouTube community guidelines, but that wouldn't normally show up in the chat, and my YouTube monitor is still going. Hmm. Who's on YouTube? Can we see? Saint, uh, am I still there from you? Give me a thumbs up if I'm still there. I mean, yeah, I've got YouTube playing on my tablet, and it's right there, so... Ron says it's still there. Yeah. Okay, we'll just keep going. Right. That's very interesting. It yeah. says, the stream has ended due to violations in YouTube community guidelines. For more information, visit McDonald's and ask for McFlurry. That's kind of where I thought we were getting trolled from. <laughs> I could go for a McFlurry right now, but, you know, that go right to the belly. All right. So Yeah, everybody says we're still there. Yeah. Oh, so YouTube, the YouTube administrator is here in our chat. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on. Oh, cool. I adopted a YouTube administrator. Well, I'm on Freedom Scoop, so they've shut Steven down. They've shut Generational Gap down. And my day's coming, too. We need our badge of honor. Absolutely. But you can always <laughs> run over to DLive or Twitch or Periscope if we do get shut down. That's always an option there. So let's go back to this hearing there and uh, talk a bit about what happened with this. Um, so... Yeah, that's just, they talked over him for five hours. Anytime he opened, like they asked the questions and then it was either, that's not what I asked, shut up, or my favorite and the world's favorite at this point, reclaiming my time. <laughs> that was so good. That's such a social justice warrior term. <laughs> it is at this point too. And the funniest thing is, is reclaiming my time was never intended in the house rules. And it, it is actually in the house rules that they can use it, but it was never intended to be used against the witness. Reclaiming my time was to be used in arguments when somebody jumped in. 
a different house member like when Jim Jordan was jumping in. That would have been an appropriate time for them to use reclaiming my time, but they're not supposed to be using it against a witness. They're supposed to let the witness answer. They don't want to. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't like what he has to say. And this was, by all accounts, this was nothing but an extended five-hour campaign ad. They're, they're going to cut clips out of this, and they're going to run this in the next couple months. I promise it's you we're going to see some. It's insane to me that they can do that. Really? Like, set it up in that way, and then splice it, and then use it as campaign materials. Like, that's, that's pretty low, honestly. Mm. But I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I was going to say, that's probably about middle for our current Congress. Maybe the last one, too. Maybe. That doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> doesn't mean it's right, but it's definitely going to happen here. Uh, we did. I do have some video coming from this. I chose, I chose Representative Jayapal's video from this because she seemed to be oh the most representative of what all of this was here. Uh, we're not going to go through the full six minutes of this, but we're going to go through a brief selection of this. Let me get that queued up here. And we will listen to what Representative Jayapal had to say from this. I might have to see if I can bump this up a little bit because it's a little bit quiet at the beginning. But she gets really loud at the end. So let me get this up here and we'll listen to what Jayapal and Barr had to say. Here we go. Interact. Colleagues, as to what these powerful and massive protests were actually about. They were about the persistent killing of black bodies by law enforcement. And finally, finally, an awakening in America of the conscience of our country. And yet your response, Mr. Barr, was to direct federal officers to close in on the protesters and to use shields offensively as weapons tear gas, pepper balls, irritants, explosive devices, batons, and horses to clear the area just so the president could get a photo op. So I do want to ask you, do you think that your response, do you think the response at Lafayette Square to tear gas, pepper spray, and beat and protesters and injure American citizens who were just simply uh, exercising their First Amendment rights was appropriate? Well, first my understanding that no tear gas was used on Monday, June 1st. Mr. Barr, that is a semantic distinction that has been proven false by many fact-checkers. How, how is it semantic? Tear gas is a particular common. You talked about chemical irritants, and it has been proven false by reports. So just answer the question. Do you well, think that think it was appropriate well, at Lafayette Park to pepper spray tear gas and beat protesters and injure American citizens? Well, I don't accept your characterization of what happened, but as I explained, the effort there was... Uh, Mr. Barr, I just asked for a yes or no, so let me just tell you, I'm starting to lose my temper. According to sworn testimony before the House Natural Resources Committee by Army National Guard Officer Adam DeMarco, who was there, this was, quote, an unprovoked escalation and excessive use of force against peaceful protesters. Well, I don't Numerous remember, media I don't remember reports DeMarco as being, a, I Mr. Barr, excuse me, being involved this is in my any of the decision-making. Sir, sir, the president told governors on a telephone call that the way to deal with the protesters of police brutality and systemic racism like in Lafayette Square is that, quote, you have to get much tougher. You have to dominate. 
If you don't dominate, you're wasting your time. These are terrorists. And he also talked about you on that call, sir. Here's what he said. He said, the Attorney General is here, Bill Barr, and we will activate Bill Barr and activate him strongly. Do you remember that call, Mr. Barr? Yes, I do. But he wasn't talking about protesters. He was talking Mr. about Barr, rioters. Mr. Barr, apparently the president believes that you can be activated to implement the president's agenda and dominate American people exercising First Amendment rights if they're protesting against him. But let's look at how you respond when the protesters are supporters of the president. On two separate occasions, after President Trump tweeted, liberate Michigan to subvert stay-home orders to protect the public health of people in Michigan. Protesters swarmed the Michigan Capitol carrying guns, some with swastikas, Confederate flags, and one even with a dark-haired doll with a noose around its neck. Are you aware that these protesters called for the governor to be lynched, shot, and beheaded? No. You're not aware of that? I was not aware of that. Major protests in Michigan. You're the attorney general, and you didn't know that the protesters called for the governor to be lynched, shot, and beheaded. So well, obviously you couldn't be concerned about that. Well, there are a lot you, of protests around the United States, and uh, on attorney June 1st, general I was Barr, worried about the District of Columbia, which is federal. In certain parts of the country, you're very aware of those, but when protesters with guns and swastikas I'm very, and I am aware of, flags. of Excuse me, Mr. Barr, this is government. my time, and I control it. <clears throat> you are aware of certain kinds of protesters, but in Michigan, when protesters carry guns and Confederate flags and swastikas and call for the governor of Michigan to be beheaded and shot and lynched, somehow you're not aware of that. Somehow you didn't know about it, so you didn't send federal agents in to do to the president's supporters what you did to the president's protesters. In fact, you didn't, you didn't put pepper balls on those protesters. So the point I'm trying to make here, Mr. Barr, that I think is very important for the country to understand is that there is a real discrepancy in how you react as the attorney general, the top cop in this country, when white men with swastikas storm a government building with guns, there is no need for the president to, quote, activate you because they're getting the president's personal agenda done. But when black people and people of color protest police brutality, systemic racism, and the president's very own lack of response to those critical issues, then you forcibly remove them with armed federal officers, pepper bombs, because they are considered terrorists by the president. You okay, that's enough of that. I can't listen to that anymore. <laughs> this is my time and I control it. Peak House She's of Representatives right there. Well, I just put this in the chat. She's completely missing the point. The point is the protesters in Washington were not armed. Protesters in Michigan were. Mm -hmm. If you're armed, you're kind of harder to oppress, right? Yeah. They only got away with what they got away with in Washington because the protesters were not armed, mm -hmm. period. Yeah, when the government comes down to uh, make the oppression, yeah, uh, being armed definitely deters them as well. But she's also missing one of the other big points that a lot of people on social media pointed out on this specific interaction is the fact that what happened in Michigan happened on state property in a state building. Under federalism, the 
federal government has no jurisdiction over what happens in Michigan State House. That right. is on Gretchen exactly. Whitmer and the state patrol to arm and deter. But they they screwed themselves when they went to Portland. Mm-hmm. Well, sort of. They they went under the guise of saying they were going to protect federal property. Um, what they really did was occupy six full blocks in Portland. Mm-hmm. Not all of it had federal buildings on it. Um, whatever. <laughs> She's hateful for sure. But uh, he's also not in the, I mean, both of them are in the wrong for, for different reasons. Yeah, that I can definitely see. So, yeah, I just, the fact of the, that this is a representative and on top of this, just last week, we heard AOC and Ted Yoho screaming at each other over the fact that well, he called me a naughty word, even though I was a bartender for a year and probably heard a lot worse than that in the middle of the Bronx. It's still not appropriate, period. It's not professional. It should no. never happen. None of this is professional at this point. No, exactly. It's all theater out of this. But yeah, I mean, picture five hours of pretty much that. I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. The Republicans on the Judiciary Committee were kind enough. They didn't really have a lot of questions for Barr. Wow, that one sounded like it hurt. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else caught that off my mic, but that definitely... They're having a good old time out there. Um, Someone's getting murdered outside your apartment. <laughs> no, they're fine. I hope. Um, I completely lost my train of thought off of this here. We have some t- comments from the live chat, so let's catch up. Harvey said, a dude waving a flag, no matter what the flag says, isn't as dangerous as people burning down a building. This is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, Ron says, I'm right. She needs a clip for the campaign to show she's tough on Orange Man and the cabinet. Yeah. Well, technically, they all... Uh... <laughs> Ron said, are you running a daycare? No, but sometimes I think my neighbor is. Maybe. Because they have a bunch of kids. Like a bunch of kids. So, no, it's not upstairs. It's uh, actually just outside the window. I have the the office window closed. But I've got the bedroom window and the bathroom window open, so it's probably sifting through that way. Mm, Probably. All right. On. Onward. Yeah. We're almost 45 minutes in and we've only covered two stories. We're going to be in trouble. Yeah, yeah, we are. And I know you got a hard out because you got a meeting after this too. I do, yeah. So on top of the judiciary hearing for Barr, the judiciary also had a Zoom meeting for members of Big Tech here. Uh, Big Tech testifies Bezos promises action if investigation reveals misuse of seller data. Zuckerberg defends Instagram acquisition. So basically, they went in there to go talk about trusts and what's going on between all of the major social media. I did not listen to this one. I couldn't I do it two either. days in a row. I could not do it two days in a row. But just some highlights here from uh, CNBC. For more than five hours, members of the House Antitrust Subcommittee grilled the CEOs of Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, and Facebook, four of the country's five most valuable companies, with only Microsoft missing because Bill Gates is busy trying to make a vaccine that's going to be government mandated for all of us. 
On a wide range of matters, the CEO is dialed in through video conference while most of the committee members <coughs> were present in Congress, where Chairman David Ciciline of Rhode Island repeatedly reminded them to wear masks to prevent the spread of COVID-19. For a full recap, check out CNBC's live blog of the event below. No, thank you. But, I mean, yeah, this was, for the most part, once again, a little bit of campaign ad and people jumping up for the same thing, for little clips that they can come up and show up. Because it's not just Jayapal that's up for re-election. It's the House of Representatives. Everybody's up for re-election this year, as they are every yeah. other year. Yep, it is. So did you... Some of these, And some of these races are very tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be an insane year for all of this. And we've even got some third parties that are jumping in to try and help shake, shake things up a bit. Did you see anything on this one other than, I know that you said you didn't listen to it, but. I didn't listen to it. Um, it was just one of the ones that I literally could not pay attention to because there was so much other stuff going on in the news. Um, now, this is not the first time that Microsoft has been part of an antitrust lawsuit. They were part of, they they had to do hearings on antitrust stuff um, in like 1999, I think. That is correct. So they've gone through this once before. Well, they got to dodge this one somehow. I don't know what happened with all of that. I don't know how they even got selected off of this, but they got to dodge this one. But these are all big companies that are putting their fingers on the scale for the election that's coming up. And have mm -hmm. been, we've been finding out more and more that they've been doing it in the past for God knows how long. At least a decade. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that sit, doesn't that scare you just a little bit that Google can? Yeah, if you want to get, if you want to get really scared, watch the documentary called The Great Hack on Netflix. It's about Cambridge Analytica and the way that they use data to manipulate elections, not just our election in 2016, but elections all over the globe. Um, they ran ad campaigns, uh, look up on YouTube, the Trinidad and Tobago Cambridge Analytica video. It describes in detail how they use data to manipulate two opposing minorities in that country and turn an election the way that they wanted it to. I will have to look into that actually, that, uh, does sound interesting. I will bookmark the great hack for sure. Cause, uh, I can probably sit back and watch that after generational gap tonight but yeah i mean it, it's good just the fact that there is so much of this going on here and now the president wants to come out and ban one of these social media ads uh one of these social media companies entirely but TikTok. but the one the one person that uh didn't get to go to the antitrust hearing wants to be involved in that as well so tell me a bit about what's going on with this TikTok ban so uh Honestly, I think Trump is just mad about the Tulsa rally. I think that's what all of this is. He's so mad that the TikTok kids outsmarted his his ticketing system <laughs> and <laughs> reserved a bunch of tickets that they were never intending on using. Um, I mean, think think back to that. That was what a month ago. Yeah, it was a month ago. So if you guys don't remember this, a bunch of people on TikTok, and I mean hundreds of people on TikTok went to the website and reserved tickets because these rally tickets were free to reserve. Mm -hmm. So the Trump campaign was receiving all of these RSVPs, like 
thousands of RSVPs. And they were like, wow, this is going to be a huge rally. Everybody's really excited. Let's plan something big. So they started spending money hand over fist. Mm -hmm. They put up extra stages. They did extra lighting. They ordered PPE. They just everything. They went all out. And then when they got to the rally, I think, what was it? Like 3,600 people showed up and they were expecting like 10,000 or something like that. Right. They were embarrassed. They were completely embarrassed. They were left holding the bag. They had already spent the money, you know, they got outsmarted. And I honestly think he's literally just been stewing on this ever since then. And this is just his revenge. See, I don't know if it goes that far. I do buy into the idea that they're like, you won't catch me on TikTok. I will not put it on my phone because I had it very briefly. Then I read more about what was going on with it and the fact that they are censorious to anti-China, uh, anti-China propaganda or any sort of anything that's anti-China. It does worry me the implications that are going on with TikTok. It but, what, but what could they? What could the Chinese government possibly be learning about American citizens on TikTok that we fall for all of the crazy dance challenges? Mm. Ooh, that's like a super scary national security thing. Not. <laughs> Well, that and anything else that's on somebody's phone, from what I understand, there are ways that it can get into other things as well. I don't know if it's necessarily something that's going to go on with the government itself or if they're looking for stuff to blackmail all of Gen Z with, which, I mean, fuck, as much as, as much as they put on their phone, there's plenty of it there. Now, one of the things that came out of this, and uh, I notated it down uh, in the additional reading, way at the bottom of the document there is the fact that uh the ban was contingent on tiktok staying as majority chinese owned but if they sold off to an american company they could get around that and microsoft jumped up and said hey we'll do it hey look over here we'll come on into this it's what's a few million maybe another billion yeah. that's nothing it's a drop in the bucket Hell, Gates will probably reach into his wallet and start pulling out $100 bills until he's paid for it at this point. Probably. So that's what we're seeing off of this. And yeah, I do see both sides of it. There was uh, another prominent TikToker, and I can't think of her name, that everybody was talking about on uh, Saturday morning. She's got like 2 million Twitter followers, and they were saying that, well, she is... She picks on Trump, and she's the reason that uh, that he's getting this banned. And I don't, I don't know if I buy any of that. There are a significant there is a significant portion of TikTok users that are, um, I guess the, the Bernie bros crowd or the Yang gang or those, those, they, they like those types of politicians. I've heard because I'm working on a presidential campaign, I've heard from a lot of people and I'm the social media director. So I literally do this for a living. Um, I've heard that they're just not, they're not really happy. They're not really thrilled with Biden. They don't want to vote for him. They're just kind of like, I guess, you know, like they're just going to do it out of a sense of duty of we just can't have Trump for four more years. And I mean, they're not wrong. I'm going to vote third party. I have for the last several elections, um, but they're just, they're not really into it. Their hearts are not into it. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't love Biden. Like they loved, you know, Andrew Yang or Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Um, so there, there is an untapped market there for electoral politics, but also it's not really a right-wing friendly um, 
site. I guess it would be if you were right wing, but you didn't like Trump, mm -hmm. it'd probably be fine. But there's a lot of people that use it for things that are not um, politically connected at all. I have a friend right. who um, uses it to spread advocacy messages about um, teen adoption from foster care. And she's like, there's actually like a pretty big community on there that does the same thing. And it's just all about education and advocacy. So um, people like that use it as well. So it's not politically connected at all, really. No, that's completely understandable too. And I mean, people are making their livings off TikTok at this point. TikTok has influencers, just like every other social media company. Mm -hmm. It does make me wonder just a little bit though, and we come into TikTok on whether or not people could make the same kind of living on other platforms or they could make the same kind of content on other platforms. I mean, throw a short video up onto YouTube, use BitChute. I'd love to see that uh, get out there and expand. And mm -hmm. it, it is expanding beyond what it was originally, which was people that were kicked off of YouTube and people that wanted to follow them. And yeah, I mean, we are seeing there's gaming on there now. There's music. There's ASMR, if that's your thing. There's all kinds of weird stuff over on BitChute that used to be. I mean, YouTube used to be the weird spot. And I don't, I have no idea what's on TikTok. Everything. I, I see the kind of stuff that gets shared over into Instagram, which is usually dancing. Yeah, it's usually just fun. It's like dancing and goofing off or like kids playing pranks on each other, or pranks on their parents or, you know, whatever, or parents dancing and embarrassing their teenagers. <laughs> so that's what I have on this. Do you, uh, you have anything else to carry on with this one here? I got one more here before we jump in, take a chat break. Nope, I'm good. I've been uh, antagonizing the chat actually <laughs> <laughs> all right uh the last one that i have here oh, let's find it comes from abc7 eyewitness but numerous other people and this is one of the things that i thought was kind of a deflection that that way nobody would sit back and talk about the maxwell documents is the fact that joe biden gave a speech at the exact same time that Barr was testifying in front of the house judiciary committee he came up out of the basement to give a speech and when he was doing so, a camera, a stray camera from ABC, caught some notes that he had up in his hands. Now, the notes are poorly handwritten, but you can sit there. I actually almost didn't buy these at first because they're, they look so perfect against the, the, back of the, uh, the back of the note card here. But they're handwritten, and it says, Kamala Harris, do not hold grudges, campaigns... I can't read his handwriting or whoever's handwriting. I don't think that's his handwriting. He's too deep in a senility here. Let me see if they put a transcript up onto this. No, there isn't one up there. But yeah, it's do not hold grudges. Campaign with me. Uh, great help to the campaign. Great respect for her. And then some other things about uh, the Department of Justice and last 100 days. But it does seem like it was supposed to leak or he was supposed to, he wasn't supposed to go after Kamala is what I was gathering up out of this. And I don't know if this is a leak of that's who he's going to pick, which Godspeed, do it. My God. That would sink his campaign so fast. Black voters already rejected her once. They don't want her. No, they do not. She's awful. And they know that at this point, if they elect Biden and Kamala is his VP pick, she'll be president because he probably can't physically complete his first term. 
He can't physically complete a sentence. That's true, too. <laughs> yes, indeed. So that's what they have out of this here. And, I mean, the whole internet talked about it. Because, I mean, before the convention, which is coming up next week, he is supposed to mm. have his running mate picked. I thought he was going to pick it, like, August 1st. So and it's I. now the 3rd. And he hasn't yet. So I don't know. Now, when that Politico thing happened last week that we talked about where they accidentally like leaked the announcement that Kamala was the VP pick, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people speculated that they did that to gauge the reaction, mm -hmm. to see how much of blowback they were going to get if they did. Also, you could have maybe read it as they did it as a test to soften it if he did pick her. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, this this whole thing is fucking. And for all the people that are coming up here and saying they're on the short list, they're all terrible. Karen Bass, she's a kook. Susan Rice. I don't she even was, know what she, I don't even know who she is, like or what she does. She's a representative from California. Okay. And then we've got Susan Rice, the former security advisor under Obama. The former Homeland Security Advisor under Obama. Who could see that one go wrong? Those are the people that are being talked about. Stacey Abrams has long gone off of this. Gretchen Whitmer, I think, screwed herself out of it. It's all bad. Yeah. I don't know what they... I don't know what that party expects to do this year. Who knows? All right, let's catch up with the live chat here for just a little bit and see what they have to say. I know that you're uh, kind of pushing them a little bit, so I kind of want to see what they've got going on. <laughs> what do we got? All right, let's see... Wow, that's a bunch of stuff here. There have been many scandals, corruption, war crimes that were never prosecuted. I'd be stunned if anything is done to do that. We had our little troll in here. That was fun. Error code 217 stream has ended, even though it's still going. Uh, let's see. Welcome to join the crowd. NSA, CIA are all at the table. Yeah, we definitely probably got an FBI agent in here too somewhere. Hi. That's the other thing that cracks me up about TikTok. People are like, we should ban TikTok. It's a Chinese spying app. And it's like, do you not think that all of the apps you already use are spying apps for your own government? Yeah, but they own uh, Congress people, so they can get away with it. <laughs> I just think it's ridiculous to get outraged about one, but not the other. You're still being watched. Okay, that's the bottom line. You're still being watched. Hell, the Patriot Act is in there, and uh, it's legal for them to watch us. So they don't right. care if the government does it. Well, some people care if the government does it, but they keep uh, passing. I care. Uh, Harvey says, the podcast I did, uh, the guy said he's not voting for Joe. He's voting for not Trump. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. Um, if anybody didn't catch that, uh, Harvey, if you can find it, I think you are modded in Twitch, so you'll be able to post a link. But uh, put a link up there and uh, if there's a replay to this. Otherwise, you can put it up in my Discord. People can go watch that. Uh, Blind Fear says, my friend says anybody but Trump. 
Yeah, honestly, I think he's I think he's going to do it. I think it's going to happen. I don't like it, after, especially after uh, the renewal of the Patriot Act, but I think it's going to happen. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Harvey says, for real, people are pointing up their own info willingly. Oh, absolutely. Their information- yeah, they definitely are. People don't read terms of service. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people trust everything with their inappropriate messages to uh, to people on Facebook, their dick pics, and everything else that goes along with this. I had inappropriate Facebook messages the other day. It was not very pleasant. I know. That's part of the reason I brought that up. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling he got trolled, rightfully so. Hopefully. I know Saint is a pretty good guy, and he would uh, probably go out and willingly do that. He said he was potentially bored enough to do it. I was very thankful for his boredom. <laughs> uh, looks like I don't have Harvey modded up, so the uh, robot uh, kicked the link back out. But I think it showed up. Yeah, it did show up on all the other platforms. So go and check that uh, replay out afterwards. It was a pretty good interview. I listened to almost the whole thing. So I think that's uh, what we have for now. Let's move along into this here. So that's the notes that we have here. What else do we got? What's the next one we have up here? Uh, the election postponement. So there were a couple of things that uh, distracted us from the fact that the economy shrank this year. And one of them was the fact that the Donald decided he was going to go up and ask the question. I don't necessarily think that he was up there actually saying he was going to do it, but he asked the question this past week as whether or not we could postpone the election due to the fears of the coronavirus, at least until a point where we could do it safely. So just a little bit of uh, an opinion piece that we had from the New York Times, a former newspaper. Uh, Trump might try to postpone the election. That's unconstitutional. Uh, this is a per- from a person who's voted Republican in every presidential election since 1980 and voted for Trump in 2016. He's written op-eds, but he's appalled by the president uh, at this point. The tweet that we have here reads, with universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good, 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It'll be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote. Now, the author of this article does come out and correctly point out to Article 2, to some of the restrictions that went along with the president delaying the election and what should happen with Election Day and otherwise. But very interestingly enough, listening to Tim Poole this week, I realized that something called Directive 51 exists. And I don't know if you got a chance to read any of that or not there, but it's some scary, scary shit. I do have a link in the itinerary for that if you want to look it over. I am going to look it over. I meant to look it over earlier. And I got stuck in a meeting. So what's going on with uh, Directive 51 was was essentially a Bush-era EO that allows the executive to put in place a continuation of command into the government in which if there is such an emergency. Now, this came out in 2007 under fears that a bioweapon could happen on Election Day. So we could postpone the election indefinitely until any sort of emergency was cleared. And honestly, with the way that they're treating the coronavirus pandemic in the media, I think this would constitute an emergency. But uh, what did you see on this for the week? I'm still looking for the link. I don't see it. 
Oh, it should be right next to should be right next to the mark of uh, election postponement. Right oh, there it is. Yep. I found it. So this is like the, um, yeah, I've seen this before. Mm -hmm. This has been out for a while. Yeah. I hadn't heard about it until the day that uh, Tim Pool said, it was Friday, I think it was, Tim Pool said something about it. And then I went mm -hmm. scrambling looking for something on it. Which I found. See, but here's the here's the thing, though. Mm -hmm. So it says it defines a catastrophic emergency as any incident, regardless of location, that results in extraordinary levels of mass casualties, damage, or disruption severely affecting the U.S. population, infrastructure, environment, economy, or government functions. Mm -hmm. So our government functions aren't impeded. Um, and I don't know. I have to read that again more carefully. It doesn't specify. It doesn't specify that all of those things have to be occurring, or if it's any one of those things. It's very loose, which I think which was by means design. they can. Yeah, exactly. But the fact of the matter is, is I don't know if anybody in government knows that this is here. Oh, I'm sure that they do. I'm surprised they haven't brought it up then yet at this point. I don't think things are that I don't think things are to that point yet. Like our government is still functioning. Mm -hmm. It's it's not even really limited in its functions. I mean, we've just switched everything over to being digital. Mm -hmm. So business is still continuing to a large extent. Um, a lot of the lockdowns are mostly localized. And while we do have really terrible economic numbers, which we're going to get to in a minute, mm -hmm. um, I I just think it hasn't quite gotten to that point yet. I think we we could potentially be at that point by November, but we're not there yet. Oh, easily. we are definitely on our way though. It does make you wonder how many little Easter eggs like this are hidden throughout the uh, government and executive order form that nobody, the general person, doesn't know about. Like your political wonks and people that do this all the time, or people that are on mm -hmm. campaigns, especially like yourself, would probably know about this, but. Mm -hmm. somebody sitting at the kitchen table wondering how he's going to pay his rent in August probably doesn't know about this. Maybe not. So, yes, it does turn out that under certain circumstances, yes, it is legal to delay the election. But, of course, we run into several other things. According to the Constitution, the president... It would get challenged. Yeah. There's no way that he could do it and not be challenged. Maybe it would get struck Which... down after that. Which would put the Democrats in a very interesting position, wouldn't it? How so? Because they've been talking about how catastrophic and terrible this all is. Mm-hmm. So they've just, they just keep saying, like, oh, this is a pandemic. This is very serious. This is catastrophic. Like, our economy is this, or the disease is going to do this. And so Trump says, okay, well, then let's declare this uh, basically, like, federal state of emergency. And then they're going to be like, <gasps> no. You can't have all that power. And he's like, well, you said it was an emergency. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's such an so emergency. So that... at that point, they'll have to pick. Mm -hmm. Are they going to allow him to do that and say, okay, well, it's bad enough that we do need to consolidate power? Or are they going to fight him on it, which I think they will, and say, no, 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 it's not that bad. Well, it puts that whole mail-in voting argument into perspective, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. By the way, mail-in voting and absentee vo voting are exactly the same. 
there are some differences to this, just the way that some of them are set up. It's, it's the sending out without a step. State. It depends on the state. Yeah. Now, some states that have already um, decided that they're going to do mail-in voting, they have mailed out the requests mm -hmm. or that they've mailed out the applications for mm -hmm. you to fill out if you would like to. And the only difference in that on the front end is that if you are, want to vote absentee, you have to call and request it. Mm -hmm. They just skipped that step and they just mailed it to everybody. Yep. But no, I, I do understand where you're coming from on that as well. I, I do want to jump onto this here because I do want to talk about these economic numbers and we're already an hour into the show. Um, we're not going to have time to get to everything. <laughs> no, probably not here. Uh, the other major thing that was a distraction from the economic numbers was uh, this tweet here, Suburban Lifestyle Dream, Trump Attacks Fair Housing Rule, in a tweet critics call vile, which I think we've determined over on Twitter that the government shouldn't be involved in housing to begin with, but they are. Mm -hmm. uh, let me see if I can find the tweet on this USA Today article to be specific out of this so I can read it in Trump's voice. No, they're not going to put it I mean, it, it is in... vile. Yeah. It is vile, but for a completely different reason. Ah, hmm. uh, here it is. There's a quote from it. I'm happy to inform all the people living their suburban lifestyle dream that you'll no longer be bothered or financially hurt by having low-income housing built in your neighborhood. Trump tweeted as he flew to Texas for several events Wednesday. Your housing prices will go up based on the market and crime will go down. So, yeah, this was just a horrible thing to tweet out in any instance out of this. And he just most, can't help himself. It's insane. The worst part about it is it's true. In what way? Well, if he's taking this out of here, then yes, the Fair Housing Act, the, the government gets their hands up out of the Fair Housing Act. And yes, that's going to stall people from, or stall low-income low housing developments from being able to afford the land that's closer to the suburban areas. I've seen people saying, that we do want to abolish the suburbs because they're racist at this point. Now, there, Biden does have a plan to override local zoning and re local zoning regulations so that multi-unit, low-income housing can be built in the suburbs. That's wrong too. That's yeah. just as wrong as disallowing it. Yeah. I mean, because this is the federal government superseding not only the state government, but your local ordinances as well, and just saying, tough shit. Like, it's basically eminent domain with a few yeah. extra steps. Like, that's what that is. And it's bad either way it goes. Yeah. Saying you have to do it, not good. Also, disallowing it regardless of what the local community wants, that's also bad too. I don't know if it's being disallowed on the federal level anyway. For the most part, I do think that, yes, some of these lower, uh, higher income suburbs are going to come out with their homeowners associations and but that's what several he's other saying regulations. That, that's what he's saying he wants to do, is to disallow low-income housing from being built in suburbia. I don't think he's got the authority to do that, though, is the problem. He doesn't care. He's going to just shoot off his mouth like he always does. Yeah. Well, I actually came to this tweet. I would have possibly missed this here, except for the fact that a certain redhead retweeted it, pointing out the fact that this was a distraction from the economic numbers. And I can't think of anybody better to introduce that topic than the person who brought this to my attention. So tell me about the shrinking economic numbers from uh, that we saw this past week. 
Well, I'm going to, I'm going to read it so that I don't get any of the numbers wrong and don't get any of the terminology wrong. Um, so our GDP fell a historic 32.9%. Economists surveyed by Dow Jones were looking for a decline of 34, 347 mm-hmm. So it surpassed, um, or no, it was not quite as bad as their expectations. So this is worse than the Great Depression and the Great Recession and the Great Recession and every other slump for the last 200 years. No other economic slump has ever caused our GDP to shrink that badly. And the mainstream media said, but fuck nothing about this. There were news stories about it, but they were kind of like trickled out. Mm-hmm. Everyone was so outraged by that election tweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Which was the point. That was the point. That's why he did it. That's part of the reason why he did it. That and the fair housing thing. Yeah, together. Absolutely. So, but we need to, I do need to make a distinction. So there, we were officially in a recession in February. Mm -hmm. Our first quarter growth was down 5% on a quarterly basis. Our quarter two, our quarter two decline was Mm 1.8%. So back in, gosh, what was it? June or something like that. When Trump was patting himself on the back for the strongest economy ever. It was bullshit. Why do you think that the mainstreams didn't talk about this or tried to cover it up with other things? I, I have some ideas, but I want to hear what you think off of this. Because most of the states that are completely shut down are run by Democrats. I kind of figured that it was going to go at this point. I kind of figured that's where you're going to that's go. That's the most that. logical conclusion that I can come to. But... The problem, uh, Trump could have pointed that out, but the problem is that he pats himself on the back when the economy's doing well. He just refuses to do it when it's not do- when it's not doing well. So it's like, you can't really have it both ways. You can't pat yourself on the back when it's doing really well, but refuse to take any responsibility when it's not doing well. Um, they would jump all over him for that. Mm-hmm. So he can't obviously take that route. So what does he do? shines a laser pointer on the wall and he's like, look over there. <laughs> and everyone does. And they're like, oh my God, you're terrible. Fair housing act. What? And you know, oh God, you're going to delay the election. That's terrible. And then they're like, and there's the economic numbers like on the other side of the room where no one is looking. Yeah, I know. And it's, it is crazy. And it's the fact that they do this here, but I mean, this does have serious ramifications for, I mean, seven years of economic growth was just wiped out in a quarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Based on... We had, well, because we had two of our biggest states that have our strongest GDP that shut down, California and New York mm-hmm. and Texas to an extent. Those three states tanked that GDP. Those three alone. I would be very interested to see what the numbers looked like if it did not count those three. Because Texas, if it was its own country, it'd be like, what, the fifth largest in the world or something like that? Like the fifth, or maybe it's California. California is the seventh largest uh, economy in the world by itself. Right, exactly. So when you have the entire state of California shut down, what do you think it's going to do to the GDP? Nothing good. Mm -hmm. Nothing good. Yeah, there are people out there that are brown shirting over it with uh, Eric Garcetti this past week. 
talking about uh, that he needs to cancel uh, rent and uh, mortgage foreclosures, which I don't know what happens if you do that there. Because California, if they do a government order shutting all that down, are responsible for all of this. Mm-hmm. Which is going to just tank their economy on top of all the rest of this as well. Is it too late for them to be their own country? Do they still want to do that? Because we can totally make that happen. Uh, it, well, we got to go in and rescue Harvey and uh, um, Britt first. Oh, okay. I guess they can. I guess they can come over. Yeah. We can have an open border policy. Well, no, we already have that, and it's ruining Texas. Yeah. <laughs> we have got. I got. We got to rearrange a couple of things here because uh, we're not. Let's gonna check get in with the... chat then while you do that. All right. What do you got? Nephilim says it's a 4D move to force Democrats to not delay the election. Don't throw me in the briar patch. Trump says everyone should wear, Ron says, Trump says everyone should wear face masks, waiting for the left to come unhinge and demand an end to face to mask mandates. Harvey says, I would hate to be the president. Yes. Um, and she also says, to be fair, the media says it's Obama's economy when it's doing well and that it's Trump's economy when it's doing bad. Yeah, that's true. But basically both of them need to get a clue. <laughs> it's true. She also says, don't delay the election. We can't keep Joe alive that long. <laughs> Saint says, no quarter for Californians. <laughs> we like some. We Not like very... a few. Uh... All right. All right. You ready? Yeah. I just took six out of there. I uh, marked them up in the, uh, ch- uh, in the itinerary for you. Uh, let's move on then here. This is something that you wanted to talk about because you actually knew the woman involved in this here. So tell me about the state senator that, uh, got indicted on embezzlement this week. All right. Let me open up the, where's it at? Here it is. I'm going to open this up. So she was arrested for embezzlement and yes, I, I, I know her, but I know her because I was lobbying a bill and she was one of my allies, actually, even though she's a Democrat. It was a anti-death penalty bill. So it was it was a death penalty bill. I was advocating in opposition to it. So she and another one of the Democratic state senators were my biggest allies in that um, process. She was always very nice to me. She sat down with me. Um, We talked in her office. Um, her name is Katrina Robinson. She is from Memphis. And there have been federal charges announced against her. She's also one of the younger state senators. She's only 39. And she's charged. she's been charged with 24 counts of theft and embezzlement involving government programs and 24 counts of wire fraud. And she was just elected in 2018. So <laughs> <laughs> that is a short career in politics. Yeah. She was accused of using money, using money for like buying a new Jeep, paying for her wedding, paying for a divorce. Apparently I was like, okay, got married and divorced in two years. That's kind of impressive. (laughs) Um, And also uh, her, her, her daughter's college and 
I don't know. There were some other things. Uh, campaign events. I think we talked about that. And salary in excess of amounts permitted under the HRSA grant terms. So she, and so she took money directly. Um, but yeah, I know her. I've met her. It's 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 crazy to see someone that you've you know kind of worked with legislatively uh, get arrested for something like this. It's nuts. And she wasn't the only one who got arrested last week for um, embezzlement. We totally skipped this one, but it's actually a really big one. Householder, the um, Speaker of the House in Ohio, got arrested for embezzlement. And it was like $69 million or something like Ooh. that. Yeah. And he is a very powerful Speaker of the House. He rules with an iron fist. So if you haven't looked into that story, you definitely should. They were, and he's actually been charged with doing this before. He was charged with doing this several years ago and got away with it. Um, they couldn't convict him. So he, stayed in office or got reelected or whatever it was. And uh, I, I guess he just thought he could do it again. And apparently they did it. And I don't think they're going to let him get away with it the second time. Probably not. Married and divorced in two years. What does she think she is, Brittany? Ouch. That's not nice. Brittany was having a hard time. Yeah, she was. She's still having a hard time. I talked about her on Contemporary last week. Because she was having a hard time. To be clear, we are not talking about Brit from Freckles and Brit. We're talking about Britney Spears. Yes. <laughs> Don't want anybody to get confused. So, what do you think her chances are at this point? I mean, do you do you see? A I think she gets. I I think she probably gets convicted. It looks like they've got enough evidence to uh, to get a conviction. I don't think that they would make an arrest like that unless they thought that they did. I got uh, I got a quick hitter here because there isn't a lot of news out of this unless you've got uh, anything else to come out of this. But uh, CNBC wrote this week that uh, Herman Cain died. We saw the fact that he was coming close to death earlier on in the week, last mm -hmm. week, and apparently it didn't go well for him. So he <laughs> is that is that is the nicest way to announce someone's death. Yeah. It apparently just did not go well. Well, I mean, he was fighting for this for quite a while, but... Life uh... was just not well. <laughs> okay, I see what you did with that one there. So, on um, Thursday, Herman Cain passed away from... Uh, it is officially listed as a COVID death. I have my doubts about that because it does appear that he has comorbidities with that. He was a survivor of stage 2 cancer, and it had pretty well riddled him very recently as well, so... I don't, I mean, I think that that's probably accurate. I don't think, um, like I've had people in my family pass away from cancer, mm -hmm. but in reality, they actually died from something like pneumonia, Yep. but the cancer made it worse. So I do think it's perfectly logical that he could have died from COVID, but the, like you said, the comorbidities, you know, affected that. Mm -hmm. Um, but actual cause of death. Yeah. I think it's, it's COVID. I don't think it's one of those cases where they're pumping their numbers up or anything like that. Oh, I mean, like the guy that flew off the motorcycle with a helmet on and died from COVID? Where was that? Uh, Florida. Oh, Lord. Of course it was Florida. <laughs> uh, there were a few cases like that. People getting into a car accident or whatnot or somebody committing suicide and died from COVID. I saw that one earlier on in the pandemic as well. So Herman Cain was actually very, very hard uh, railed against 
from the fact mm-hmm. that he died on COVID because he was at the Trump rally on Juneteenth, which the numbers don't exactly math to me on that one because they're supposed to say, well, this kills you in exactly two weeks. And this was like three weeks afterwards, maybe even a little bit more than it was. He, he had been traveling, though, um, yeah. prior to that. Uh, he had chose not to wear a mask at the Trump rally and possibly pretty much anywhere else that he'd gone if he was with that as well. So people are saying, well, you didn't wear the mask and now you went to the Trump rally and you died because of it. People were not nice to him over this. No, they weren't. Not, not that he can tell. He's dead. But yeah. Still. So that's what happened off of this here. And uh, our hearts go out to the family of Herman Cain and hope they can find peace with uh with the fact that he passed away and all the nasty things that people are saying about his family. I hope but that... did you see, can we talk about his funeral for a second though? Go ahead. Oh wait, no, they haven't had his funeral yet. I'm thinking of John, I'm thinking of um, John Lewis. Never mind. Yes, that is uh, the next thing I actually have to talk <laughs> about here thing, is John right? Lewis's uh, funeral. <laughs> I don't think that Herman Cain is going to get quite the funeral that John Lewis did. I don't think he's going to get quite not. that funeral at all. Maybe just a couple people socially distanced. Not a world tour around the country. Yeah, so there were a lot of people on Twitter that were ripping that photograph, and rightfully so. I mean, there were at least 100 people in that kind of above photo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was probably taken from, like, a balcony at the at the building, the church, or I don't know, it was a government building where they had the funeral. I think it was taken, it was taken from above, and it was, you could see at least 100 people. And they were all in pews and they were all right next to each other. And most of them were wearing masks, but still. And I do have to assume that most of the people were probably sitting next to someone that they knew uh-huh. or, or had been spending time with throughout um, the whole lockdown, like probably with their spouse or um, their other family members or something like that. Um, so, but it did not look good. The optics of it were terrible. There were hundred plus people at this funeral, but hospitals and funeral homes all over the country are telling people you can't have more than 10 people at your dad's funeral, or you can't sit next to him while he passes away or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's, it's just, it's just sad. Well, John Lewis's funeral actually drew some other ire that went along with this, especially when it came to the eulogy. And I've got a two minute video of what that sounded like because one former president barack obama delivered the eulogy for this and uh from what we know about barack obama he never misses the opportunity to make his uh campaign stump speech let's let's listen to what the former president had to say about this as we pass the john lewis voting rights act we should keep marching to make it even better by making sure every American is automatically registered to vote, including former inmates who've earned their second chance. By adding polling places and expanding early voting and making Election Day a national holiday so if you are somebody who's working in a factory or you're a single mom who's got to go to her job and doesn't get time off, you can still cast your ballot. 
by guaranteeing that every American citizen has equal representation in our government, including the American citizens who live in Washington, D.C. and in Puerto Rico. They're Americans. By ending some of the partisan gerrymandering so that all voters have the power to choose their politicians, not the other way around. And if all this takes eliminating the filibuster, another Jim Crow relic, in order to secure the God-given rights of every American, then that's what we should do. So that's that's the abbreviated version. Of course, he went on into many, many more details. And uh, I just got to wonder here, what is it that he's campaigning for? I actually agree with him on some of those things. A few. I do think we should expand early voting. I do think that voting should be, I do think that the election day should be a national holiday. Um, But he forgets the part where it's like, if you're a single mom and you're low income, blah, 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 you can still go vote. When was the last time McDonald's was closed for national holiday? They're always open. People that work fast food and at gas stations and things like that, they never close. Right. They're still open on like 4th of July when everyone else is like everyone else with an office job is off work. Like all of those places are still open. So if you're like low income or in poverty and you have um, an hourly job, one, you probably don't want to take that day off because they're probably only going to give it to you unpaid anyway. They're going to say, well, you can't come into work because it's a national holiday, but we're also not paying you for it. Um, So that doesn't help anybody. I do think it should be a national holiday, but, you know. I'm, I'm probably thinking of it in a different way than he is. And, or maybe he's just advocate, or maybe he's just going to say that they are going to mandate um, every American gets a paid holiday on that day. There are, there are plenty of people that don't even get Christmas off. So I don't know how they would get election day off. Um, logistically. I don't know if that's possible. I do think it's a good idea though. Um yeah, I agree with I, I agree with a few of those things, but definitely not everything. But my question here is when you get up to tell people about how you agree with them, are you going to do it at one of your friend's funerals? Probably not. That seems to be the issue that everyone's taking with us is the fact that he did this at a funeral. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what he's campaigning for. Governor of um, Governor of Illinois or he doesn't even live in Illinois anymore. Where does he live now? Martha's Vineyard? Yeah. Massachusetts. That's, yeah, that's Massachusetts. And a house that's going to be flooded out in 12 years. Supposedly. Maybe he's going to run for governor or senator of Massachusetts. I don't know, but I mean, that was, that was just terrible optics on anything. And I know that, uh, how was it? Uh, Nephilim, I think, in the chat said that they don't care. Uh, their constituents are too stupid to notice uh, the optics that were going on along with this. Mm-hmm. which I do have to disavow that one because I know that some of their, his constituents watch this show and I'm going to weasel my way around that one. Uh, anyway, but yeah, it's, I don't know what, what to take out of this, except for the fact that yes, this was a campaign speech and the filibuster is a Jim Crow thing. Was it, was it a Jim Crow thing when Obama used the filibuster? To block judiciary, uh, judicial nominees when he was in the Senate, because he did that. It was. 
because it's always been just like it's always been racist to pass gun control legislation, which Democrats absolutely love. <laughs> yes. Dude, I saw something earlier today and I didn't even think about it. It just pissed me off because this is what they're actually teaching in schools at this point. Somebody on Instagram this morning posted on the story that um, the Electoral College comes from slavery days and it's a slavery relic because it's how the South wanted uh, the black people to be counted so that they could uh, they could get more control in the Senate. I'm like, no, you're thinking of a three-fifths compromise. Yeah, that was different. That was not the Electoral College. No. And you want to comment on these things, but you just know that the original poster, if he or she believes they're that, is too enough. stupid yeah, to understand. Yeah, they're not smart enough to understand it. Mm-mm. All right. We got to keep moving along here. Because we still got... Only gonna, at this rate, we're only going to cover like two more topics. And I got a few to get through. A couple that I definitely want to. All right. Let's see. What do we got on the list here? Um... I did want to go through just briefly on this mask mandate here that Wisconsin has put in. So Wisconsin put in a mandate this week that says all indoor activity other than swimming must be adorned with a mask, which is pretty well straightforward on anything. Most of your stores at the area had already put something in place draconian like this. Our Republican-led legislature is already working on trying to stop that, get it uh done away with and put out of there, but they have not convened to do so yet at this point. But the reason that I wanted to make sure that we talked about this here is because it appears that in Rock County, the county in which I live, nobody gives a damn about it. When I work, as it was supposed to go into effect at midnight on Saturday, when I went to work, nobody wore a mask. None of the customers coming in wore a mask. I wore mm-hmm. one for about half the day when I, until I realized that nobody else was wearing one. And Just then took I, it off. Then I went to the butcher shop yesterday with it, you know, getting ready to put it on. And yeah. I walked in and nobody in there. And this is like a small, tiny little building. Nobody in there was wearing a mask. Hmm. And I said, oh, I see we're not doing this here. And I just took it right back off. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. In um, South Carolina also right now, it is mandated everywhere. So I always carry my constitution one with me just in case, because I never know. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's, it's their private businesses, and there are some that have had mask mandates for several weeks now. So I don't know if they're implementing it for the first time because the state says that they have to or if it's a personal choice that they've been making for the last month, six weeks. I don't know. Um, I don't want to cause any issues. Like, they're, they're just trying to do – they know that if they don't do it, they will incur fines, and it will become a legal issue. It will become a battle, and – they don't want the liability, so I get it. You know, I'm I'm gonna wear it if they ask me to. If I walk in and there's nobody else doing it, I'm gonna take mine off. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, everybody's just complying. Well, and for me too. Like I actually, when the mask thing was first coming into play and people were starting to mandate it, I actually picked and chose where I did business. Mm-hmm. I did too, on and I it. on my way actually on my way down here, driving down the very first time. I stopped at a gas station in Kentucky and I walked in and they said, you have to have a mask on to be in here. And I was like, I just need water. Or I can't remember what I needed. I was like, I just need to grab a water. And she was like, no, you can't be in here. And I was like, all right, bye. So I turned around, walked out the door. My car wasn't even done filling it up. I took the thing out of the gas pump and put it back and was like, no, sorry. <laughs> You're not going to get my business. 
Uh, did you see the story out of uh, Florida with the PPP loan that everybody tried to praise and wondered why it all ran out of money? <laughs> there were lots of stories of fraud. Um, one of my favorite ones is that a man in, I think it was like South Bend, Indiana, got $8.4 million mm-hmm. deposited into his account by mistake. <laughs> and that wasn't the PP, um, PPP loan. That was unemployment benefits. It was almost like the state, like the whole portion that the state had that was Mm -hmm. for unemployment benefits got deposited into one account instead of a bunch of different accounts. So I guess he just like panicked and didn't touch it and was like freaking out, calling his bank, like, where did all this money come from? Because like you were talking about before we came on air, he didn't want to get arrested um, for $8.4 $8.4 million. You don't want to get arrested for your $11 and 16 cents that the IRS is trying to give you back that you know that you owed them. Well, David T. Hines of Miami was charged with bank fraud this past uh, week and making false statements as well to a financial institution after he used the PPP loan on businesses that either were not confirmed to have existed or not confirmed to have had the employees that he needed to uh that he needed to keep employed. And he came away with nearly $4 million from the relief loan program. And he was found out after buying a $319,000 Lamborghini and then getting it involved in a hit and run. So this is not the first time that he has bought an extremely expensive car though. No, that is not. They noted that in the article. So I, at some point he did something where he made a lot of money because otherwise he never would have been able to afford the first one. Mm-hmm. But he yeah, just sounds like a jerk. Yeah, he absolutely does here. But this wasn't a banking mistake. Like he actually went out specifically seeking this money and wound up getting it because nobody was asking me any questions about this. There were no questions asked with a lot of this here, which is probably a big part of the reason that this all ran out of money and they needed to come up and demand, well, we need more money for this now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what came out of that there. And of course it had to be in Florida. It couldn't have been any place else other than Florida. Only in Florida. I'm sure Uh, it's happened in other places too. We just haven't seen anything quite that dramatic, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's funny, but it's not funny. I mean, my stance this whole time has been that the government has already decided they're going to spend the money. They Mm -hmm. just have. You can't stop them from spending the money. Like, they're just, they're literally not enough votes to stop them from spending the money. So, if they're going to spend it anyway, the best place that they can spend it is exactly for that purpose, the PPP purpose. Mm -hmm. It's not been executed properly but the intentions are good. And that is like the inherent problem with government is that their intentions are always good. And I totally understand that, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions and we are definitely in hell. Have you seen (laughs) our, our numbers lately? Like the debt clock after the last month, it jumped in a huge way. I mean, we're here, but you can't, at the same time, you can't shut down an economy and then turn around and say, oh, we're not giving you unemployment. That's ridiculous. You're not technically unemployed. We just shut your business down. You can't do both. 
And if they've already decided that they're going to spend money, the best place that it can go to is to small businesses that need to make sure that they can keep people employed, pay their rent while their employees aren't there and give people a bump on their unemployment. I'm yeah. totally fine with all of those things. What I'm not fine with is all of the corporate welfare that the, the billions that they gave to the airline industry and then the airline industry turned around and said, oh, remember how we told you that we weren't going to lay people off? Well, we're going to lay people off, but it's going to be in September, not now. Oh, yeah. And that's what's going to happen again. They're going to pass this bill again. It's going to be chock full of corporate welfare. All these companies are going to make promises that they're not going to lay people off. And then they're going to lay people off anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's happening all over the place. My dad's job ends this month. And he's just shy at too cl uh, not close enough for retirement. Ugh, I'm so sorry. Like a year. Wow. I foresee a lot of lawsuits coming out of this, honestly, of mm -hmm. people like your dad who are really close to retirement and are planning on retiring. And then suddenly they don't get to because of this. Well, I think on the silver lining, they gave a very, very generous severance to my dad. That's to good. the point that because he took it extended, he can probably hold out until he qualifies for social security. That's good. He could probably hold out just long enough for that, but. He's got other options, too. We know people, and, I mean, he's been driving forever. So even though he hasn't been doing it for a career, he can probably still just get into a semi and drive for a couple of years to finish it out and make some decent money doing it. All right. I got some positive news here to talk about, and then we'll go into some surprise stupidity. And like I said, this one won't be completely rage-inducing like some of the other ones that I bring you. But... We read now from CNN Business, NASA SpaceX mission, astronauts splash down after historic mission. So SpaceX went up and they brought people back safely. Nobody got hurt. Everybody's back in home with their families. The astronauts are struggling with standing up after being weightless for so long. That was mentioned in the article this week. But the free market has beat out the government and proven once again that the government sucks at everything and the free market can do it better. Did you did you see any of this this week? I didn't even get to watch the live stream this week. I did. I did I you see the snarky tweets that were coming out about it? No, I didn't. Stuff like um, Obama said it would take 12 years and $26, million, or $26 billion to go to space again. Elon Musk did it in six for $1 billion. <laughs> I thought <laughs> like, they were going to be snarky expensive. against Elon, but... No, I mean, there are people that are being snarky against Elon, but I think it's it's very funny. He's actually started sounding very libertarian on Twitter lately. Oh, yeah. The Das I'm Capital one, that was my favorite. Basic po uh, point of Das Capital gives me that for free. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> I do... Um, I do wish he would be a little bit more independent and uh, not take so much government subsidies and things like that. I, I know that his company takes a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I wish he would get a little bit more independent, but at the same time, if you run a business like that, I kind of can't blame you if you're taking advantage of opportun literal opportunities that they're just handing to you. Yeah. Only someone who's stupid would turn those down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you may consider me stupid at this point because I cut up my stimulus check, but I also feel like nothing comes out of the government without uh, a hook buried into it. And I don't want to find out what that hook is. You cut your stimulus check up? I thought that they um, direct deposited all of them. You think I trust the government with my banking information? Are you out of your mind? 
So I used to work for a tax accounting firm. I had a lot of clients that set up an account just for taxes. Mm -hmm. So they would find out um, what they owed and then they would transfer that money into that account or they would write themselves a check and deposit it into that account. Mm -hmm. And that account was literally not connected to anything else that they had. Yeah. And it was just for that purpose. That's probably a smart idea. Yeah, it's a very smart idea. I Definitely. Just, 10 I, out of 10 recommend. I just wrote the check and said, get the hell out of my life. Right. All right. Are you ready for surprise stupidity? Lay it on me. Let's this, do this is just stupidity. This is, I've, I've sent you some that were rage inducing. This is just stupidity. Where's my surprise stupidity? You built it all up. I'm ready. Oh, there it is. It's the next one over. I hit the wrong tab. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's surprise stupidity right there. All right, from WILX10 out of Lansing, Michigan, flagged removed from St. John's bed and breakfast over Confederate confusion. Nordic pineapple removes Norwegian flag after dozens of people confuse it for the Confederate flag. It doesn't even look anywhere similar, like not even close. It's the same colors. That's <laughs> it. It's a, if any of you haven't seen it, look it up. It's, it's a, it's a sideways cross, mm -hmm. basically. So, uh, Bed and Breakfast Nordic Pineapple in St. John's has removed their Norwegian flag after dozens of people confuse it for the Confederate flag. Greg and Kirsten Offbecker moved into the historic mansion two years ago and turned it into a B&B. &B. As decoration, they hung a Norwegian flag next to an American flag at the front entrance of the inn, but dozens of guests and people driving by have accused the couple of flying a Confederate flag. They are the same color, but there are no stars on the Norwegian flag, and the Confederate flag is a big X, and the Norwegian flag is a part of Nordic countries. They're all crosses, Offbecker said. Last week, the couple decided to remove the flag as they were updating their market materials. We started to have this concern, and it was just deterring people away from coming to our bed and breakfast, Offbecker said, that they would see it and just make this judgment. Offbecker said she was just trying to represent her heritage, but it's not worth the frustration. She said they have received cruel emails and phone calls over the confusion of the flag. This this hits my little snowy part right here. Because I'm not Norwegian, but I am uh, uh, Scandinavian. I have uh, Finnish in my uh, heritage. Mm -hmm. it's just, it hits me right here. Because, yeah, it's, it's not the Confederate flag. And anybody who confuses this is just That's dumb. Stupid. What do you have to say on this one here? People are stupid. There's no, like, what do you say? They could have put up a big sign. This is what a Confederate flag looks like. And then a big picture of it. Or and then people would probably flag. get it. Right. And then people would probably get offended at that and be like, but you weren't supposed to put one up. Uh, yeah, that's, it's a sad day. And the American people and the American school system as well. Because that's what they've taught people. Just to come mm -hmm. out and do stupid shit like this. Yep. Absolutely. It's crazy. Well, that's all I got. I want to bring us back through the uh, live chat here while I get the outro music set up and hit the, the live chest for everybody. I was accused of abuse. I don't know for what. Sparta. Hi, Sparta. You're late. Um... Nephilim just said, hiked Crater Lake in Oregon. Majority of people were hiking with masks at 9,000 feet outdoors. All right, then. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to go there, by the way. I have been to Oregon before, but I didn't go to Crater Lake. I went to Mount, I went to, uh, Mount Hood, and it was beautiful. 
and I loved it. Um, let's see. Ron says masks are a violation of the First Amendment because they muzzle our ability to speak. Not entirely true, but okay. Um, he also says the separate bank account doesn't help. Your social is connected to the bank, all your bank accounts, and the IRS has access to them. True-ish. Um, there is no due process of law with the government. They should have to sue you to get your money or rob your bank account. Ron's on fire. He's very angry today. Angry Ron. <laughs> Angry Ron is here. <laughs> Angry Ron is the best Ron. <laughs> He's fired up. They can wipe out your bank by giving a lien notice to the bank and they comply because they support this corrupt mafia government. I like that. He's on a roll. Yeah. telling you. Well, he got a bunch of lemons today too, so he should be all kinds of happy. Well, that's good. All right. If you got uh, nothing else that you want to pick up off of there, I think it's time for us to get that out of here. All right. Sounds good. And I do want to thank everybody here who uh, came in and chatted with us, kept us honest, and kept us on point with everything out here. And everybody who's catching up at the end. I know that uh, Elaine said that Sparta was late here. So if you are just catching up now or didn't catch up or even just caught up up in the beginning and you want to take this on the go, remember we are going to be on demand over on YouTube and over on bitshoot.com as soon as everything else processes. Also, you can go and find us on the go on the audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and Spotify now too as well. So come on over and check us out on any of those platforms. Remember, if you're over, where's my outro music? I should already have that playing. What the hell? If you're on uh, iTunes, leave us that five-star rating and a good review. That always helps us move up the charts. It helps us overcome all the algorithms. And hey, if you're over on YouTube, throw that thumbs up in there too, because that also helps people know what pe uh, people should be watching, helps us overcome Susan's algorithms, helps us avoid our little uh, YouTube agent that showed up earlier on and terminated our stream. Lastly, if you want to help us support great creators and go and check out some other great creators that come and help us out as well, go on over and check out the Freedom Scoop Media Group. The Freedom Scoop Media Group is your one-stop shop for all of your news and commentary needs. You can go buy our swag, help us pay uh, our creators that way, or you can go and check them out, share their stuff around. You can find the R-Rated Conservative, the Generational Gap, the Freckles and Brit Show, the Breakdown with Birkenhoff, and Steven Ignoramus. So go and check us out. You all know my last words. Never take the words of bloggers, podcasters, or journalists as gospel. Find all the facts and draw your own conclusions. What do you got for a last word for the week? Have a great week and make good choices. Take care. <laughs>